All right, everybody, welcome to episode 10 of the Backseat Huddle Podcast. I am your host, as always, Tristan Weber. I'm going to be taking you around the NFL, as always, and this week, I'm going to start off with the New York Jets, who took down a division rival, Buffalo Bills, 22-17, and I am totally not prepared to say that the Jets are for real. Division games are like this. They're weird, and they always have been, and they are very hard to predict, and weird things often happen. We have seen this before in a divisional game where anything can happen, and the lesser of two teams makes a couple plays and wins the game. This is absolutely not a new thing, and I still have plenty of concerns about Zach Wilson. He remains a question mark in a quarterback league. He's still has statistic he is still statistically the worst quarterback when he is under pressure. And to double down on that, Zach Wilson's stat line on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills was he went 18 of 25 for 154 yards and one touchdown. Does that sound like a repeatable way to win in today's NFL? And to take that one step further, the New York Jets are also averaging all of 21.7 points per game. Does that sound like enough to win in today's NFL, especially big time? In my opinion, it certainly does not. And the Jets beating the Bills was also their only legitimate win this season to this point. Here's what most of their wins look like. They have beaten the Jacoby Brissett-led Browns by one point. They beat a bad Steelers team, a bad Packers team, and a Skylar Thompson-led Miami team. Seventh-round pick making his first start. Those are not impressive wins. And potentially, to me, what makes it even worse is not necessarily that, that the lack of quality in their wins. It's the lack of quality in their losses. I mean, their losses also aren't great. They lost to Baltimore 24 to 9. They lost to Cincinnati 27 to 12. Keep in mind, those are both roughly what you would think of when you think of a playoff team. And then last week, they completely gave the game away against the Patriots. So I'm not sold on the Jets. They did have a really good win this week against a division opponent, and we absolutely could look at this as one of those stepping stone games where you have a young team that's maturing, that's getting better, and is on the upswing. But at this moment, I am not prepared to look at the Jets and say, this team is for real. What I am prepared to say is that it very much looks like the Jets made the right choice in head coach Robert Sala when they hired him last season. Holding Buffalo to 17 points offensively is absolutely no joke. We have seen Bill Belichick, who we think of as the greatest coach of all time and undoubtedly the greatest defensive head coach of all time. He has had trouble stopping this Buffalo Bills offense. So for second year head coach Robert Sala to walk in And for him to hold the Buffalo Bills to 17 points is a really, really impressive feat. I am very impressed by that out of Robert Sala. And once again, this was an impressive win for the Jets, and perhaps it is something for them to build off of. And it's impressive to see them bounce back after that Patriots win, (coughs) excuse me, a week ago. 
So it is definitely a good thing, hopefully a building block for the Jets. Now, moving over to the other side of that game, the Buffalo Bills are the best team that I have seen that has a very obvious weakness. It is glaringly obvious that their O-line is absolutely average and they do not run the ball well. They're not weak at really anywhere else and they more or less have elite players basically every single other place on the field. But the Jets push them around up front all day long. And the Jets also, it looked like they outmatched them on the defensive backfield versus the Buffalo Bills, very talented wide receivers. Now, as a result of having a weak running game and a not great offensive line, the Bills are shockingly Josh Allen dependent. If they don't, if he does not go, the Buffalo Bills do not go at all. And that has to be somewhat unsettling if you are a Buffalo Bills fan because most other elite teams, we can look at them and say, hey, if their main thing does not go well, they have something to back it up. An example of that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. If Patrick Mahomes, for whatever reason, this isn't usually the case, is having an off game, they have a running game that they can typically lean on. We've seen them pile up a lot of yards, like against the Buccaneers where they've piled up a lot of yards on the ground. We've seen that second element to their offense. We definitely cannot say that about the Buffalo Bills. There is an argument to be made that that's just how the NFL works. The team goes as the quarterback goes, but that's an issue when your quarterback is your passing game and also your running game. Josh Allen oftentimes is the Buffalo Bills running game they lean on him a ton they very clearly do not have anyone else that they on their offense that they feel they can trust in crunch time and it's really strange because the buffalo bills even when their running game with their running backs is going well they take the ball out of their running backs hands shockingly quickly like even against the packers they were running the ball their running backs were running the ball very well in the first half and then they just went away from it in the second half. They went back to running Josh Allen over and over and over again. So it's very strange how quickly this team is willing to get away from their running backs running the ball. So moving on from that, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers took down the Los Angeles Rams 16-13 to in a game that absolutely should not have been on national TV. The Seahawks versus the Cardinals, which was on at the same time, was actually the much better game. But after watching or during watching that game, I cannot believe both of these two teams, the Rams and the Buccaneers, met in the divisional round of the playoffs last season. The Buccaneers and the Rams were arguably the best two teams in the NFL last season and they both entered this game with a losing record and they played this game like they both had a losing record this was a rough football game to watch nothing in that entire game looked easy nothing was impressive it was extremely low scoring and that's not always necessarily a bad thing i mean there was a time you know in the early to mid 2000s when a defensive football game was totally a thing and, you know, there was just like the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens where they just didn't score a lot of points. The defenses were really good. This was absolutely not that. It was just poor everything. And Tom or and, and Tony Romo kept mentioning how poor 
the Buccaneers were playing. He kept basically saying that it's the most inopportune this. They always have this happen at the worst times. And it's just rough to watch. Nothing in this game looked good at all. And it's really sad because the Buccaneers and the Rams should be two of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, these teams have too much talent, too many good players, and they should be significantly better than they are right now. And it's really sad. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers especially are an indication of how much coaching matters. A great example of where the Buccaneers are at right now is the New York Giants. If we look at the New York Giants, if we look at both of these rosters, the Buccaneers and the Giants, and we just look at the rosters, who do we think is the better team? It is very easy to point at the Buccaneers and say, hey, it's probably them. But the New York Giants are a winning football team, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now are not. It is very obvious that this team is at a coaching deficit in most of the games they played. And it's really sad because this very well could be Tom Brady's last season and they just aren't polished and they aren't that good right now. Going to kind of keep following that train. I am tired of watching bad football. This season has been one of the worst I can remember. And maybe, like I said, it's because I'm a Tom Brady fan and the Buccaneers are playing awful. But it just feels like there are no truly elite teams. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful to the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 8-0. But right now, let's just call it how it is. The teams they've played on their schedule are a little bit unproven. I mean, I'm going to give the Philadelphia Eagles their flowers because it's not as though they've been losing close games. For the most part, they have been winning fairly substantially against teams that are obviously not as good as they are, which is not an easy thing to do against any football team. So the Philadelphia Eagles are very good. And... I, I, I don't mean this to be disrespectful towards other teams as well. The NFL just isn't that great right now. Like, somehow, we are nine weeks into the season, and Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks are somehow the second most exciting team to watch in the NFC. The NFC in general kind of stinks right now, but so does the entire NFL. And I'm sorry to my to my Spotify listeners for this, but look at this. Is this the NFL that you guys are used to? Does this look like the NFL you're used to seeing? I can't help but feel like the NFL right now just is not good. Everything about it feels below average. And when I was writing this, when I was getting ready to film this, I was writing this segment out. I was in, the, I just finished the Jets in the Bills game, which wasn't that good. And I was in the middle of, watching the Bucks and the Rams, and I was thinking to myself, hey, you know what? The NFL's not that great right now, but at least we still have the Chiefs. And then the Chiefs went out, and they didn't even play that well. This season has been so underwhelming. And the best way I can kind of point it out is in the biggest game of the season, the Bills and the Chiefs. We think these are the two best teams in the NFL. 24 to 20. That's the game that we got with the two best teams in the NFL Really, the average score of games last season was 28 to 24. Moving back to the NFC for just a second, the NFC right now is really, really weak. The second place team in the NFC right now is the Vikings. Do we really believe in the Vikings? Do we really look at them as a legitimate threat to win the Super Bowl in the NFC? The Kirk Cousins-led Vikings. I'm a Michigan State fan. I am a Michigan State fan. 
I want to believe in Kirk Cousins, and I don't even believe in Kirk Cousins. The two best teams in the NFC right now are the 8-0 Philadelphia Eagles, who once again are legit, and a 4-4 team in the 49ers, who everyone hates their quarterback. Those are the two best teams in the NFC. And the problem is I can't even look at this season as a passing of the guard type of season. You know, we're seeing Tom Brady's team is down. Aaron Rodgers' team is down. Matt Stafford's team is down. Because who's really playing well enough this season that we feel like they are going to be taking the torch, if you will, from those guys? We've seen Josh Allen. We've seen Patrick Mahomes. We've seen Dak Prescott. The only one who's really, really taken a step this season is Jalen Hurts. And we're watching Justin Fields out, out in Chicago, and we're thinking that he's going to be for real. But do we trust that ownership, that GM, that coach to put the pieces around him that he needs to succeed? They have the cap space and the picks to make it happen, but do we actually trust them? So it's hard for me to even look at that season as a changing of the guard type of season. And it's entirely possible that maybe I'm just watching the wrong games, but it feels like a majority of the games this season just aren't that good. And the ones that are good, why are they worth watching? The best game this week was the Dolphins versus the Bears. And walk and watching that game before the game even started, you at home knew who the better team was and I knew who the better team was. So why would I watch that game? It's not as though the, the conclusion was, was a done deal before the game, but it was very obvious who the better team was before the game even started. The other good game of the week was the Seahawks and the Cardinals was somewhat back and forth, but the rest of the games outside of those two this week just weren't that good. It was, you know, 10 plus point victories or low scoring 17 to 20 type of games. And the league just looks so unpolished right now and it's week nine and it seemed like it was better last week but this week it went just being right back to 2022 nfl season and it's really disappointing for me as a football fan i want to see a good product and this season for me just feels very very underwhelming last main topic uh the titans took the kansas city chiefs to overtime sunday night falling 22 17 and i'm just gonna come out and say it the Tennessee Titans are the most fraudulent team in the NFL. They have a winning record, and each of the past couple years under Mike Rabel, they've done well. And I, I just, I really don't care that it took the Chiefs overtime to beat the Tennessee Titans. They're just not a good team. They are a very well-coached team, but they are not a good team. Offensively, they are the most one-dimensional team in the NFL. And I think we're all impressed with Malik Willis's ability to run the ball. However, I mean, the dude can clearly move. However, did we forget that Mike Vrabel benched Malik Willis in the preseason for running too much? The play calling clearly shows that the Tennessee Titans do not trust Malik Willis through the air. And that's okay. As a young quarterback, you're allowed to have growing pains and you're allowed to mature in this league. But I'm in the business of right now. I'm talking right now, this season, right this minute, and right now, this season, right this minute. What the Tennessee Titans are doing right now is, is not legitimate. Am I supposed to be impressed with how the Titans play in the Chiefs game? Here's just a couple of cherry-picked, I admit, stats from this game. Let's look at it. The Titans had 229 total yards, had 499, almost 500 yards. The 
Titans had nine total first downs, one for 11 on third downs, and 48 total plays versus 91 for the Chiefs. The Titans had a few chunk plays. They turned into points, and then they got some turnovers, and they played some, I guess, okay defense in the red zone scoring, which I guess they deserve credit for, giving up almost 500 yards. However, Sunday night against the Chiefs, Malik Willis had 80 total yards passing, 48 of which came on one single play in the first quarter. So over half of his passing yards came on one play early in the game. Then last week against the Texans, he threw for 60 yards. And to double down on this, the Titans do not trust Malik Willis to throw the ball. They called 16 pass plays this week against the Chiefs, and then last week against the tight against the Texans, the Titans called 10 pass plays. That's how the Broncos treated Tim Tebow. And admittedly, that worked for a 10-game, 9-10-game stretch, but we all know how that ended. Malik Willis showed some touch on some throws, and he's clearly got some upside, but right now they don't trust him. And I don't want to hear about when Ryan Tannehill comes back. Who cares about when Ryan Tannehill comes back? They're averaging, the Titans are averaging 17 points per game with Malik Willis, and they were averaging 19 points per game with Ryan Tannehill. Am I supposed to get excited over a quarterback that's worth two points per game? Two? Am I supposed to get excited about a team we all know is not a legitimate Super Bowl threat? We have seen this Titans thing before. And it appears that they are worse on offense now than they have been in previous seasons. As of this moment, they have the worst offense via or by yards, total yards in the NFL. I'm not impressed with the Titans. Lastly, just going to hit you some quick hitters to end my show. Uh, something I don't see people talk about is punt blockers running up with their hands just straight up is the most hilarious thing in the world. And I don't, I feel like I'm the only one that finds humor in it, but I wanted to bring it up. because I think it's hilarious uh, in a matchup of two franchises that love to find ridiculous ways to lose the chargers and the Falcons absolutely outdid themselves. I showed this earlier, but I'm going to show it again. This is one of the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen. and is the most chargers Falcons thing I've ever seen in my life. The chargers are injury riddled and are suffering from poor coaching, but they are winning in spite of it. Justin Herbert is that dude, and I don't care what anybody says. Justin Herbert is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's suffering from bad coaching. Tampa, Rashad White needs to take over the running back one role in Tampa. I understand that Tom Brady trusts Leonard Fournette, but right now, Rashad White has significantly more juice, and he is playing better. Cooper Cup is still that dog. He is the only player on offense that the Rams have, and yet he still somehow manages to put up numbers and yards. It is impressive what he is doing. This does feel like Calvin Johnson in Detroit with Matt Stafford, where it's one guy, then a bunch of other dudes. And maybe that's a Matthew Stafford weakness. The Seahawks are a fun story, but I am not buying into them as a Super Bowl contender. They're not an elite team, and they're not going to go deep into the playoffs, and they're benefiting from an NFL that's just not that good right now. And they're allowing mediocre teams to look better than they are. See the Giants? Uh, that said, you know, 90% of the league can't figure out a way to win consistently right now. And the Seahawks are doing exactly that. They are consistently winning. So maybe I'm stupid on this one. 
what has happened with the Cardinals? There is something wrong in that building, and I'm not a Cardinals fan, but it looks like they need a coach who is not afraid to bark back at Kyler Murray and put Kyler Murray in his place. They need a strong head coach, and Cliff Kingsbury does not seem like he's ready to answer the call of duty in that building, and I feel like a lot of us, especially Cardinals fans, knew that Cliff Kingsbury wasn't the guy, but right now from the outside perspective, it looks toxic in that building. Kyler Murray is getting into vocal altercations with somebody different each week, it feels like. They need somebody new down there. The NFL badly needs to start flexing games in and out of primetime. The primetime games this season have not been good at all. The only good primetime game I can remember this season was the Chargers and the Chiefs. They've all been not good ever since. And lastly, the two highest speeds recorded by Amazon's next-gen stats are both quarterbacks this week with Marcus Mariota being one and Justin Fields being number two. How cool is that? This is not your grandpa's NFL times have changed. So that's it. That's my show. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Take care, everybody.